Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. What do you say we kick this off in a brand new big year way, 2023? It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. Happiest of New Year's. This is the last and only show that I will say that. It's the first time being in the studio in the new year, so we can say Happy New Year. Hopefully it was. We had quite a ride with some weather. We had... Hopefully uh, some fun and festivities over the new year. we got football to look forward to. We've got so many things still happening in our great Indiana outdoors. And we're going to kick it off in a big way. As you know, I love to do. I love to visit with our friends in all of the organizations. And uh, we haven't talked to our friends at the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, which is such a great organization. We're going to visit with uh, their chapter coordinator for the Midwest, find out they have a full schedule of social opportunities and just getting together. It's a great organization. If you're looking, people say, how can I get involved? I'll tell you right now, go to one of their pint nights and just start talking and meeting some of the great men and women that make up the BHA. We're going to visit with Jay Anglin, Anglin Outdoors, our guide expert, our correspondent from the north, find out what's on his mind in the new year. Always a roll of the dice. Speaking of organizations, Rick Cockrum, the board chairman for the Indiana Wildlife Federation. We have a legislator, a legislative initiative. We had a session starting, so that brings with it all kinds of stuff. We're going to find out what's important on the IWF calendar. Another great organization. I encourage you to get involved. As you can see, we got a big lineup. We have the BHA on hold. It is the first show of the new year welcoming you. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. And I am your host. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Happiest of New Year's, I promise. After this show, I will not say that anymore. It's kind of like that unwritten rule. But it is the first show of the big season. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to the number two, savelives.org. You can sign up to be an organ and tissue donor when you buy your hunting and fishing license. I, of course, your host, Brian Pointer. So great to be with you. As mentioned, we've... uh, had some, uh, oh my gosh, went from negative 25 to 65. You got to love that. Here we are in the middle of winter. Uh, we've got so many things going on. It's great to catch up with all the, the groups around Indiana, none better than the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, BHA. And joining me is, <clears throat> excuse me, Jameson Hibbs. He is the chapter coordinator for BHA, lives here in Indiana, has been longtime involved with uh, not only state parks but also just a myriad of other outdoor activities and 
Jamison, it's great to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors this first show of 2023. And you might just introduce yourself and kind of what BHA is for those that don't know. And we can take it from here. How's that? Yeah, awesome, man. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, especially for the first show of 2023. It's so hard. Uh, It's so hard for me. I had to write a check. Guess what I did? Yep, I did it. Twenty-two. It's going to take a minute. <laughs> oh and yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say what's a check, but that's okay. Keep going. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I know what a check is. I, I have to write those on occasion. <laughs> now, there's a lot of folks that I work with now. Like, what are those things? Now, why are you writing one in front of me in line? <laughs> I saw a great. Uh, of course, a lot of extra screen time over the over the holidays, and I was uh, surfing through and saw a reel of. A demonstration where they put a rotary dial telephone down for two 17 year olds and gave them a telephone number and gave them four minutes to figure out how to dial it. They didn't do it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, we were, there was a rotary phone on uh, one of the movies we were watching with our eight-year-old daughter the other day, and she was kind of looking at it funny. I'm like, honey, that's that's a telephone. She's like, oh, okay. And well, we didn't go too much specifics <laughs> with her, but yeah. So, <laughs> Well, Jameson, let's talk about BHA and your role in Indiana chapter, et cetera. What's, uh, what's on your mind? We've got legislature in, in getting ready to come in. We've got all sorts of activities I'm sure you guys are planning. Take it away. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like you said, my name is Jamison Hibbs. I'm a chapter coordinator for BHA. I cover uh, five different states, Michigan, Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio, and West Virginia. Um, I'm an Indiana native. I was a parks and rec director up there for a number of years at Rockville Lake Park and then at West Boggs Park and kind of became very active more. And I've always had that activity with uh, outdoor recreation of our public lands as a parks director over those two different facilities. But then I got involved with backcountry hunters and anglers. Just love the mission, the idea of, you know, preserving public lands, public spaces, conservation, and and kind of got involved with the Indiana chapter. Then that led me to my position working for BHA now. So it's been, it's been a good transition and a fun ride. So what drew you, know, the, what, what's so special about BHA? Tell folks what BHA is. Absolutely. So, you know, backcountry hunters and anglers started way back in 2004. It was it started off as kind of a Western-centric, uh, more conservation organization. But the idea was, you know, we have all these great conservation organizations out there that are, you know, dedicated to the mission, like Ducks Unlimited and RMEF and Pheasants Forever, Quail Forever, all of them. But nobody was really having a voice for our public lands and our public spaces. So the idea of BHA is, you know, we center around all the access issues for public lands, public waters, and then conservation, um, habitat you know, conservation for those, those public spaces. So it's all about providing our public with access to sound habitat for hunting and fishing opportunities. And it started... So that's kind of the essence of BHA. I love the organization when I first heard of it, and... Give us the genesis of uh, here we are in Indiana. We became a chapter several years ago or formed a chapter. How many chapters are there? Where did it start? And what are some of the issues that are important to you guys? Good question. So um, started in 2004 in Oregon, um, and it kind of just kind of worked its way through the western states, which obviously has a very high percentage of public land and slowly made its way over to the east. So the Indiana chapter started in 2018. Uh, and it kind of hit the ground running. You know, there's not there's only what three percent of public lands in Indiana, predominantly down south at the Hoosier National Forest. But we do have those checkerboard dots of some great DNR properties around the state. So, so the Indiana guys kind of hit the ground running. Uh, and the idea behind what each chapter is going to do, and every state has a chapter minus Hawaii. And uh, I think most of our Canadian provinces now have chapters and we're working in a lot of collegiate clubs and we have an outstanding AFI, which is an armed forces initiative program, which we can get into later on. 
Um, but the essence behind each chapter, what they are going to be working on is, for one, working with DNR, with the maybe the National Forest, U.S. Forest Service, on, on any sort of access issues, habitat restoration issues they may be having within their facilities. Uh, we'll be, you know, going to different or hosting different events. Say, you know, for instance, we have a lot of social events. We're kind of known for pint nights. Um, but we also have other social occasions like coffee chats, which some of the other chapters are working on right now. Um, where we actually get people together. Um, we, we might have a specific topic or possibly even a, a presentation at that social function, or just maybe an opportunity for everybody to come together and learn about what's happening with that specific chapter, Indiana, in this regard, um, and what's coming up as far as legislative issues, um, perhaps, you know, fundraising issues, national conservation issues, so on and so forth. So, you know, some of the big things that nationally we've been focused on lately has been, of course, the uh, Recurve America's Wildlife Act, RAWWAL, which unfortunately didn't pass through this last uh, lame duck session, but we have, you know, we're optimistic that it'll be going through here probably hopefully later on this year. Then, of course, the CWD bill that was passed, um, and what that, what that money does is then it goes towards research and sound, uh, sound I guess, science dat- back data of how we can help you know, mitigate the impact of chronic wasting disease. Um, you know, some of the issues we've had, and everyone knows a little bit about CWD. Luckily, luckily, it's not been found in Indiana yet, knock on wood, but it has been in the surrounding states. So it's only a matter of time, unfortunately. And there's a lot of, is it, is it a real issue? Is it not a real issue? It, it is, to me, from all the research and everything I've listened to and learned about it is going to be an issue. And, you know, some of our states have been reactive in their approach. But I think, you know, this bill gives states dedicated funding to then have a, a proactive approach, do that sound study, that sound, you know, scientific data to back up, how can we actually mitigate this issue? So that's some of the stuff that BHA nationally has been lo- looking at. You know, they have the Grasslands Act. If you go to backhunterhunters.org, there's a great take action notice. Um, and you can actually go through all of our national endeavors, our national policies that we're looking at and then you can help support us that way. And then, of course, locally um, in Indiana, one of the big things we've been a part of is, is one of our BHA board members, Scott Salmon, who works for the Friends of the White River. Um, he's, he was a part of a, a kind of a wildlife commission committee that was kind of set forth last year to kind of come together with a few different, you know, several different stakeholders along with DNR, come up with some, you know, DNR funding um, concepts. And so there's been some concepts thrown out there. Um, I think that has been presented or will be presented here soon in legislation. Um, so look forward for that more of that information coming out here soon. We're visiting with Jameson Hibbs, and he is the chapter coordinator, but longtime volunteer Hoosier uh, involved in conservation. And he's the chapter coordinator for the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, BHA. And you, you just touched on a few things. I want to go back. Let's talk about RAWA, Recovering America's Wildlife Act. It it made it through one house, but it didn't make it through the other. So is that the status where we are nationally on that? That is where we're at right now, yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure that'll be revisited later on this year. And of course, we're not going to let that one lay down because it's going to be a very proactive approach to you know helping wildlife and it's a lot of that is non-game species oriented but as we all know any sort of you know habitat restoration or focus on any sort of animal is going to help even our game species so you know, there's a great approach to that and the whole idea is you know to look at some of our possibly endangered species that are out there endangered habitats not just species and how can we help correct that in a proactive manner 
instead of relying on the Endangered Species Act to then you know, put them on that list. And, you know, the whole debacle of delisting an animal, especially any sort of game species, we all know how that works between grizzly bears and wolves out west. Um, but it's also it's so costly and not just in revenue, but it also t- costs a lot of time in state and in scientific research, all the above. But if we can have raw walk, you know, set that money aside to the states and national levels so that we can actually have a proactive approach to that habitat and those those species. You know, we covered this when throughout, well, we've been covering it for a while. And so many organizations, Wildlife Federation, et cetera, are paying attention to this with great joy. It went through the House of Representatives. And then, you know, we all know how, what a well-oiled machine our Congress is. <clears throat> Excuse me for, <laughs> I don't want to, don't want to say anything in light of the circus that's taking place in D.C. right now. Nonetheless, that is a generational piece of legislation for conservation, uh, once in a lifetime type of a deal. So we'll certainly be following that. You also talked about CWD, and I know that our dear biologists in in Indiana have been leaders in this nationally, uh, or at least in the Midwest. And it is a real issue. As chairman of our Natural Resources Commission, I do pay attention to this, and I think it's always important to keep that front of mind, even though, as you said, it hasn't been detected. It's it's probably here. It's probably going to happen. And having conversations proactively, as you said, is is pretty important. Before we end our segment, I do want to talk about this pint night. And I heard you mention that. And that's what struck my attention when I first heard of BHA. I was invited to a pint night. And I said, well, I like beer. And I said, <laughs> how bad could that be, right? And you guys, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I've, I was able to meet with several people over the uh, at that invitation and I just fell in love with the mission. So how do you want to, what, what's the message you want people to hear? What's the pint night? Where do people learn more? How do they get involved? Let's get some recruits. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. So, you know, we have, you know, like I said earlier, we have a lot of social occasions, which makes it fun. Gives us all a chance to get together with like-minded folks that love hunting and fishing in the outdoors. So uh, next, next week is the Archery Trade Association show that's held in Indianapolis. It kind of goes back and forth every year from Louisville to Indy. This year it's in Indy. We try to host a pipe night during that, that show. So next week, January the 12th at 6 p.m. at the Slippery Noodle, we will have one of our social pipe nights. It's actually along with Bowhunters United, which is kind of an offset organization um, with the ATA um, as well. So it's kind of a joint endeavor that night. Um, it is sponsored by Onyx, which is awesome. So Onyx is a national pipe night sponsor for BHA. And what that allows us to do is, is they've given us a handful of one-year um, state elite subscriptions to pass out to people that become members at that specific event. So if people sign up to be a member of BHA um, at that pipe night, then they'll be, also get that one-year subscription to, uh, to Onyx, which is a pretty awesome awesome little gift to get. Um, so, yeah, so those, those little pipe nights – we're expecting probably about 60 to 70 people there, probably some of the ATA attendees as well. Um, it usually provides people with ample you know, networking opportunities to t- talk to people from within around Indiana and even outside of the state itself. Um, you can make a lot of good connections that way. Then, of course, if you have any questions about a lot of the policy work coming up nationally and locally, those are great, great opportunities to actually meet with some of our BHA folks and talk about BHA, or talk about those national policies or local policy works. And and not, we're not going to stop there. The nice thing about Indiana we have coming up is, of course, we have the Deer and Turkey Expo there in February up in Indianapolis. 
Absolutely. We'll be hosting a a pike night on that Thursday. I think it's the 22nd or 23rd. Um, um, We're working on the location right now. Probably going to be at Half Leader Barbecue. It's where we had one last year. Great attendance to that. But we're also going to have, and I'm going to have this all out there soon for everyone to see. We're going to have our first Fill the Table Conservation Night. And that's going to be on Saturday, February 25th. It's going to be at the, the Fisher's Test Kitchen there at the Sun King Brewery. And I don't want to give too much information out because I don't have it live yet. But basically what that's going to be is an, an evening entertainment of some great speakers, um, some wild game dishes that have been you know, donated by our BHA volunteers. Um, and we'll have you know some great raffle tr- prizes, probably some auction items, stuff like that. So it's going to be a big fundraising event for the Indiana chapter. Uh, but it'll be an excellent opportunity for people to come learn about Indiana conservation, some local endeavors, have some really in-depth conversation with people and have a good time. So yeah, wow. the best way to find this information out is you can follow us on you know, Facebook and on Instagram for Indiana BHA. Um, you can also go to, like I said earlier, backcountryhunters.org. Um, you can look up chapters at the top, click on chapters, find the Indiana chapter, and you'll be able to see some of the list of events that are on there. Now, I don't have the Pint Night or the, the Deer and Turkey Expo stuff listed on there yet, but the ATA Pint Night is. We do ask people to RSVP. You don't have to for the Pint Nights, but it's nice to know sure. kind of a, low, a rough head count of who, who we are. What we have to expect coming, Jameson. I can't thank you for the time on Indian Outdoors. A lot going on. I've said this for 24 years. We've been doing Indian Outdoors. People need to be a part of some group. Some people want to get out and do advocacy work. Some people just want to meet like-minded friends and have conversation and camaraderie. Some people want to get out and build trails and clean up debris. It sounds like you've got it all. Can't thank you enough. And don't be uh, don't be a stranger here to Indian Outdoors. We look forward to having you back. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thanks. My, my pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I, your host, Brian Pointer, great organization, BHA. Don't go anywhere. It's the Indiana Outdoor Show brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. I'm your host. We're going to talk to our friends at the Indiana Wildlife Federation when we return right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, first show of the new year. Hope everybody's refreshed. New perspective, new year, new me, right? Now, I'm still that same same pain in the butt that I was at 1159 on 1231. Good to know. At least there's some consistency in the world. Hey, many thanks to our friends at the BHA, the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, doing such great work as you heard. Completely full agenda here. A lot of opportunities for social, a lot of opportunity for great work coming up, bha.org. As mentioned, we're going with all the three-letter uh, organizations. We're going to switch to the IWF, the Indiana Wildlife Federation. Joining me is regular guest, the board chairman of the Indiana Wildlife Federation, Rick Cockrum. Great to have you, and happiest of New Year's. Hopefully, you're wetting a line somewhere south. I know you like to head south. Well, Happy New Year to you, Brian. And uh, yeah, I'm actually down in the Florida Keys. Shocking. I'm going, <laughs> going out. I'm going out in the backcountry tomorrow with a fly rod, looking for uh, snook and redfish, and and maybe run across the tarpon. But but the uh, the, the the fun species in the backcountry. Uh, of the Florida Keys is what I'm going to be looking at. Oh, uh, good for you. You're just living large, my friend. I love it so much. And this is a great time to get away and no better place to do it than in Florida. 
I uh, know we're at the start of a new year. I know organizations, member organizations, the conservation groups, they're all kind of setting their agendas here for the year and thought it'd be good to check in with you because we got a legislative session starting, which always brings its own unique drama, sometimes overt and sometimes covert. And I always appreciate the perspective of our friends at the IWF. So what's on your mind? What's going on? What are some of the hot topics at the IWF, including the fact you have a brand new executive director? Uh, we, we do. Uh, I think the last time uh, we spoke was uh, right after Dan started. We were able to find a great individual. Dan Bora was with the uh, Indianapolis Park System. Prior to that, the Indianapolis Zoo, and he's our new executive director. Great uh, professional training in uh, education and sciences, but also in advocacy. He has worked for the Smithsonian Zoo in Washington, D.C. So he hit the ground running a few months ago. Uh, we're getting ready for our annual conference on January 28th out at Fort Harrison. We're excited about that. It'll be the first time we've been together as a group uh, in, the, in the last uh, couple of years. Uh, we're going to have presentations on from an expert on crane migration, uh, sandhill crane and whooping cranes and their migration through Indiana. We're going to have a presentation on the state of wetlands in Indiana. That's an important issue uh, pr- uh, at the legislature. Uh, how do we deal with the balance of interest between the farming community, others, and uh, keeping our waterways uh, clean and and our uh, hunting grounds and access for outdoor sporting events uh, available to the public. Well, that became one of those covert issues that kind of came in in the very last minute in one of the recent sessions with wetlands. So it's been a high priority, uh, I know, for the IWF and a lot of conservation organizations. And what is, is there going to be some revisions to that or is it just going to be a little lipstick on the pig? What are your thoughts on that bill that went through and what's going to be the priority this year? Well, the, out, the uh, outcome of the last uh, uh, big uh, legislative uh, fight over uh, the state of our wetlands uh, resulted in a creation of a task force to do its study and recommendation. We're going to have a member of that task force give an update to our membership on the 28th at the, Good deal. At the annual. So we'll really get a, a deep dive into what's going on and what some of the recommendations are going to be. There seems to be a theme coalescing in amongst the organizations, the groups, the advocacies, the conservation organizations. All have been kind of focused on sustainable funding for our Department of Natural Resources. We've known for years that they've done the best with what they've been given. It's a fee-driven, uh, consumer-driven division of Fish and Wildlife through the sale of, of licenses. But there's so many things that need to be done and Governor Holcomb has supported conservation has supported the wildlife in a number of major initiatives trails etc but the idea of creating an income stream that's more sustainable to provide the re- the needed funds the resources for the resources so to speak is a priority where does IWF stand in that role well you're exactly right the governor the governor has been very supportive of funding trails and trail activity and, and uh, public land acquisitions, but the sustainable is a key word. Uh, probably 12 years ago, when uh, we had a, a pretty severe recession, the DNR budget was cut pretty substantially, and it never really recovered from that. They do a remarkable job, given the limited resources they have, 
Uh, uh, the people over there are so dedicated. The men and women are just so dedicated to protecting this wonderful resource we have in Indiana. But we're trying to get them more funding because we're we're at risk of starting to have deterioration of properties and capital assets, such as roads and boat ramps and, and shelters and such. And we risk losing really quality people because at the end of the day, they have to have a, a sustainable living for their family. And if we start getting poached by other states and private sector, we risk losing some really talented people. So the Indiana Wildlife Federation is in support with along with other uh, hunting, fishing, outdoor recreation groups to support uh, this is a budget year of the legislature. The budget is enacted every other year. So this will be a year where the General Assembly will be discussing and adopting priorities. And we're trying to advocate to members of the General Assembly and asking our members to advocate to the members of the General Assembly, along with a coalition of other outdoor enthusiasts, to say, give these people the proper funding to keep our resources, our parks, our uh, fishing and hunting properties in, in good shape. Well, there was a huge infusion that is not necessarily going to all the sexy stuff that you would like to think, but the necessary things, especially Spring Mill, for example, closed, renovating the inn that's been around since 1939, infrastructure needs in some of the places, toilets and sewers and other things, air conditioning units, but it's the everyday things, just very, very quickly, very high level. Any any ideas that are being floated around specifically? Well, there's, there's uh, the first uh, is the state has a significant surplus. Now, the governor just released his budget priorities, and, and he's focusing on funding public health and public education, which are uh, clearly uh, in need as well, and there are priorities of it. But there is money, uh, a surplus. The legislators... Uh, the more fiscal conservative types are very guarded with that surplus, but that's one option. The other thing that states have done that's been discussed, uh, I know Georgia has done it, is they capture a portion of sales tax on outdoor equipment to be dedicated uh, to DNR. So it's not an increase. It's just diverting some revenues that are already being uh, collected so if you uh, you know buy a, a weapon or a, a bow or gun, a fishing outfit, uh, kayak, sales tax on that outdoor equipment would be dedicated to a DNR fund. That is an idea that's been kicked around off and on for the last two or three years. It's always great to visit with you and the Indiana Wildlife Federation. Continued success. Go to the website, check out all their activities. I'm sure we'll see you around soon. Good luck in the back backwaters of Florida, and don't be a stranger on Indiana Outdoors. Thanks for all you do for conservation. All right. You, my friend. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Driven to SaveLives.org. Don't go anywhere. Janglin joins me right after this. The Indiana Outdoor Show. So excited to be back in the studio for show the new year. Jam-packed. Many thanks to our friends at the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, the Indiana Wildlife Federation. We're going to break our streak of visiting with the uh, 
three-lettered anacronym organizations. We're going to one of our favorites. We're going to the one and only Jay Anglin, our correspondent from the North. Jay, Happy New Year to you. Hopefully you're out doing something fun and exciting today or getting ready to. What are you shooting? Geese. I'm on the geese thing. I'm on the geese thing right now. And steelhead. We're not shooting the steelhead. We hook them and then land them and let them go and go catch them again and again. But geese. I love it. I'll just uh, it's that time of the year. Jay, did you have a good holiday? You're always good for some stories. Uh, what, what'd you do? What, what did you get in any trouble? Uh, moderate. I mean, just local wise stuff. You know, I think I didn't clean up enough on Christmas because I had maybe a little too much wine. But other than that, I I, I think I was a good boy. <laughs> I don't doubt for a second that you were a good boy. And I love the fact that you're able to be back with us doing what you're doing. A great guide and understand it is uh, your son's birthday. And I guess he's with you in the blind this morning getting ready. So all good. And what a great way to pass things along. What are some of the things you're thinking about? What are you going to be writing about? Where are you going to be focusing Jay Anglin's energy outside of the guiding. We got turkey season, believe it or not, coming up. We got fishing coming up. Goose season's going to come to an end. What are some of the things that Jay's looking forward to in 2023? Well, you know, we've got a great setup here. I mean, despite this, you know, ongoing warm weather that we've been experiencing, um, you know, on and off, of course, we went through that Arctic phase and then everything decided, oh, it's spring and they all went north as far as waterfowl go. So, you know, the next cold snap, it'll be really good, you know, goose hunting, I think, really throughout the state of Indiana. There's a ton of birds right right now, uh, and not just Canada geese. There's a lot of, uh, you know, speckle bellies and snows, of course. But um, uh, steelhead fishing's been great. I'm looking forward to continuing that. And, uh, of course, you know, some guys are wanting ice for ice fishing, and I can – you can have plenty of ice on lakes and ice fish and I can still fish the river. So I'm good with that too. Um, this spring I'm seeing a ton of turkeys this winter, uh, huge, huge winter flocks. Like, you know, where there's normally 50, there's a hundred. And I'm not just talking about where I live, but in my travels all over Southern Michigan, Northern Indiana, parts of central Indiana. So I, I have a feeling Turkey season is going to be pretty exceptional barring any major, you know, cat- catastrophic weather events. So I'm looking forward to that. Of course. Boy, I tell you what, that was a, uh, kicking the front side that was no joke weather that went through indiana there for a couple of days and it was it was so stark you know you think about all the critters out there you think about the human side of being so cold you know especially with homelessness and everything else but then you get these critters out there and it's like another day at the office they seem to know how to handle this a lot better than we do did you see any do you see any of the avian flu up your way did you see anything as a result of the cold blast the cold blast was, in my view, it was a a complete nothing burger um, for for everything. I mean, I was actually kind of shocked on the backside of it. I expected everything to kind of blitz and hit the feed bag, and everything was just kind of like, okay, I guess we're back to this, and just really didn't. I mean, it just goes to show you how you know they they load up and prepare for winter, and uh, with warmer temps, they you know they didn't have a caloric deficit or anything like that, um, and so they were prepared for it. I think if it would have lasted another four or five days, it might have started to beat on them a little bit. As far as the avian flu goes. You know, I've seen a handful of birds up here that are clearly impacted by it. Um, Canada geese, a few mallards. Uh, I saw there was a woman on a lake in in Laporte who had one. uh, She made a bed out of straw and uh, put a coat, like somehow wrapped it, like swaddled it, and then put a bowl of blueberries and a bowl of water in front of it. Um, I had to tell her that... uh, 
wasn't going to work out for that goose. So uh, that was that was kind of interesting. <laughs> Is that the one that the uh, that froze to the sand? Did you hear this it may story? Have been. Yeah, there was several of them that were pretty rough, and people thought they were cold. You know, oh, it's just so this thing's so cold, and really it was just you know they're, they 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 sort of act when you see a bird shaking its head and looking around and kind of like swimming circles. I've seen it with snow geese and Canada's and mallards, and, and it's awful. It's not that's not pleasant to watch. No, it's no never, one wants that to happen. Never so, good. Mother Nature at her best. Yeah, exactly. So you traveling anywhere? Got any th- sights for this summer, this spring, this fall? Where are you headed? Well, other than the spring snow goose junket that I always run around on and waste tons of money and time and energy and um, <laughs> and end up with, you know, about six pounds of goose breast. But uh, doing that, um, of course, starting in uh, late February, March, I might get out early February this year if I go down to Arkansas. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of staying a little closer to home, man. I mean, my suburban's thirsty. and I, <laughs> I get it, dude. I, <laughs> I think over the holidays, I went through about, through about $500 worth of petrol, and I was like, okay, we need to back her down a little bit. So I hear uh, you. I'm probably going to stay a little stay a little closer to home. Believe it or not, we're in the show season. we got the ATA show going to be in next week. We've got the 68th annual Ford Boat Sport and Travel Show, the Deer Turkey Waterfowl Expo, Cincinnati, all these regional shows taking place. You're going to be hitting any of the, the shows this spring? I will probably come down to Indy. Of course, you'll be the first to know. Uh, I'm not. I don't have a booth. Um, I used to work the ATA show. It's an absolutely phenomenal show. Uh, you know, it's, it's not a really a consumer show, but uh, one of my favorite shows to work. You know, whether it was Indy or, or Louisville. Um, and actually, I was making some calls to see if I could weasel my way in as a as an actual employee of somebody. But I, I haven't heard anything yet. But nonetheless, <laughs> I might hit a, I might hit a fly show here and there. I like to make my rounds, hang out with some of the guys. But you know, 27 years of guiding, uh, outdoor writer. Uh, you know, having been in the business. Um, I'm kind of showed out. <laughs> I get you. Hey, I know you're uh, getting ready to do some hunting with your son. Wish him a happy birthday. This is the first of many over this year, my friend. Can't thank you for all your contributions. Keep up the great work. Come up with some great stories, okay? You're always good for some great stories. Get yourself in some trouble so we can talk about it. Oh, I'll have plenty of stories when I come down and see you, see you at uh, the fairgrounds there. I'm looking forward to that. All right? See Take you, care. my brother. Be good. Best all of right. luck. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. What a great guy. What a great visit it is. The Indiana Outdoor Show brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. I'm your host, Brian Pointer. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. All right. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Kind of knock the rust off of this beautiful studio. First show of the new year. Always great to be with you. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Great organization. Sign up to be that organ and tissue donor. You can save up to seven lives, heal up to 75 others, making making a dent in that organ donor transplant list here in Indiana. I, your host, Brian Pointer. Great to be with you each and every week. I do look forward to the opportunity to bring you the greatest in Indiana outdoors today. No different. We got, we're right on the heels of show season. So we're going to be starting visiting with those that are going to be coming through Indianapolis to the boat sport and travel show. We've got the archery and trade association. It's not a consumer show. It's, 
for the people in the biz, so to speak, but it brings a lot of folks here to Indiana. We're going to try to snuggle our way in and see what's happening over there. We've got the Ford Boat Sport and Travel Show coming up. It's hard to believe we're going to be doing our broadcasting on behalf of Renfro Productions. More to come on that. Uh, the organizations in Indiana do such great work, and we always love talking to the representatives and uh, Jameson Hibbs is the chapter coordinator for the five Midwestern states for the backcountry hunters and anglers. And I mentioned this earlier, and I mean this sincerely. People say, "What do I, I just don't know where to get involved? How do I do? How do I get start? How do, get to one of these pint nights? Uh, casual, like-minded, conservation-oriented, chit-chat, good folks." And just start. That's what I would suggest. There you go. That's my tip for the new year. Right out of the gate, first show of the year, you're getting hard-hitting, good, real-time info. See? I feel better about myself. Jay Anglin, never know what you're going to get. He's actually out getting ready to do a little goose hunting, and it's his son's birthday, so we wish him the happiest of birthdays. One of our loyal correspondents from the North, great to have him. Great to visit with Rick Cochram, the board chair for the Indiana Wildlife Federation. Folks, so happy to be with you and starting another new year. Can't thank you for all the support. Thank the stations that carry this. Remember, turn in a poacher, 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R. It's a free confidential call. Let those folks handle it professionally. I'll see you in the great Indiana outdoors. Be safe. Have a great week. Happy New Year.